0: are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. I want to talk a little while this morning about our God. He is more than enough. Amen? You believe that? He's more than enough. And uh, one of my pet scriptures, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. uh, It's a pillar in in my life, and Ephes as well. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Or because of the power that works in us. Do you know that the power of the Holy Spirit works in you? And If you're willing to believe what God has promised in his word. That there is nothing impossible. We have the beginning of all of this. This principle in Genesis chapter 17 verse 1 and 2. God reveals himself. As the Almighty God, the El Shaddai in Hebrew. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am Almighty God, El Shaddai, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you, and you will multiply And I will multiply you exceedingly. The Hebrew name for God, El Shaddai, first appears here in Genesis chapter 17. El is the the God of power and might. And Shaddai, Shaddai comes from the word field. It is also translated breast. It means provision and abundance. He who is all-sufficient, the all-sufficient one. Our God is more than enough to meet every need and every situation in our life. How many believe that? Amen? Can I hear a loud amen? Amen. Amen. If there's something in your life that you don't see any solution for, God is more than enough to meet that need. El is found 250 times in the Bible. The word El is the root of elium, from which we get mighty power, omnipotence, the strong one, the all-powerful God. And the psalmist must have understood this when he said in Psalm 18, verse 2, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn of my salvation, my high tower. That's the way the psalmist felt about God. That's the way he understood him, to be more than enough for him. In Psalm 86, he says, O God, thou art terrible in all thy holy places. The God of Israel is he that gives strength and power to his people. Blessed be God. What do you believe about God? You know, victory or defeat in our life is determined by what we believe about God. If you believe that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think, then you're going to receive some tremendous blessings from God. But if you do not believe it, then you're on your own. Now, the Bible do say that God sends his rain on the just and the unjust. And there's so many mysteries in the Bible that we do not understand. But I'd rather put my faith in God I'd rather to put my faith in the one who has said that he will never leave me nor forsake me than to trust in my own ambitions. Your decisions are determined by your thought life. A mindset or an attitude that says, I don't have enough. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough experience. I don't have enough education. With a mindset like that, We are setting ourselves up for defeat. Believe in God's abundant provision. Our God calls himself El Shaddai. The God of more than enough. We need to think multiplication. Start thinking more than enough. Believe in the God of multiplication. In in 1 Kings chapter 17, there was more than enough. For Elijah, the widow, and her son. Now, this was a very difficult time in Israel. There was a famine going on. And uh, so Elijah comes to this widow woman, directed by the Lord, and he asks her for some food. And she says, well, I'm making a cake right now. But when this is over, this is all I have. We're going to starve. After this, we don't, do not have anything whatsoever to eat. And Elijah said, the Lord has been talking to me, and he sent me to you. Here's what I want you to do. Make a cake for me first. And then make a cake for yourself and your son." And she said, as certainly as the Lord your God lives, I have no food except for a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jar. Right now, I'm gathering a couple of sticks for a fire. Then I'm going to go home, make one final meal for my son and myself. After we have eaten that, we will die of starvation. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go and do as you planned, but first Make a small cake for me, bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. You see, we always have to look at what do the Bible say? What does God say about my situation? What promises are in the word that apply to my life right now? He said, this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be empty." The jug of oil will not run out until the day the Lord makes it rain on the surface of the ground. She went out and did as Elijah told her. There was always enough food for Elijah and for her and her family. The jar of flour was never empty and the jug of oil never ran out just as the Lord had promised to Elijah. That's the God we serve. The God of more than enough. Even when it looks like It's not. The truth is, God has said it would be that way. In Exodus chapter 16, there was more than enough for the children of Israel. In John chapter 6, there was more than enough after Jesus fed the 5,000. In Mark chapter 5, there was more than enough anointing anointing to heal the woman with the issue of blood. And And then Jairus, who had come to Jesus... And he asked him to go and heal his sick daughter. He got the news that she was dead. But Jesus went and raised her back to life again. There was more than enough for everybody. Jairus Jairus was thinking healing. But Jesus could do much more, and he did. And so we need to think seed faith. Sow your time your talent, and your things into the Lord's harvest. That includes your, your tithes and your offerings. Anytime you hear me say, ta- say uh, talent and things, I'm talking about your tithes and your offerings as well as what you can do in you with your physical life. Don't despise it. It's in the Bible. Jesus taught it. The disciples asked, why couldn't we cast out that demon Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say unto you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here, and it will move, and nothing, nothing will be impossible for you. You need to believe in the power of a seed, the power of a word. It's powerful, when you speak the word of God into a person's life. and Many times, you know, you look at a person and you say, well, Pastor Eastman, he's after reading the Bible so many times. Like, you know, like if he had a good memory, he could say every wo- say the Bible through word for word. But there's something about when somebody speaks a word of scripture into your life, that it quickens into your heart. And it it witnesses into your spirit. And it helps to increase your faith. Someone has said even God cannot multiply a seed that you don't sow. You've got to sow the seed into the ground. You've got to sow the seed into lives in order to get a harvest. So be biblical in your thinking. Be patient. The farmer's Understand, there is seed time and harvest, Genesis chapter eight, twenty-two. Time is the conductor between the seed and the harvest. Sometimes when you, when you sow a seed, when you speak a word, you know, you think, well, that surely fell on deaf ears or, you know, like it's been, you know, months or even a year now has passed and nothing has happened. It, with, with the, within spiritual things, the sowing spiritual seed is just like sowing the seed in the ground. You don't expect to get a harvest the day that you plant the seed. But you wait, and the time comes, and the, everything in its time, and one day there's harvest. God is not trying to get something from me. He's not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something to us. Principle that will place you and I on the, the winning side. I've always had enough because Philippians chapter four nineteen says, God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I always have enough because my God is more than enough. I sow because I know I'm going to reap. God's is multiplying every good seed that I have ever sown. And I thank God for that. As I give, he gives back to me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Do you believe that God is able? Ephesians uh, 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. His blessings are more than enough. The psalmist said in Psalm 23, My cup runneth over. In Luke uh, chapter 5, verse 4, uh, 6, and 7, Jesus provided an overabundance of fish, not just a catch but a net-breaking boatload of fish. And he has an overflowing supply of forgiveness for us as well. Remember in Mark chapter 2, Jesus said to the sick man with a palsy, your sins be forgiven you. And the religious leaders began to to upbraid him because of that. They were condemning him because they said, who can forgive sins but God? then Jesus said, Arise, take up your bed, and go your way. And he immediately, he rose, took up his bed, and went forth before them, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, said, We never saw anything like this before. He didn't just forgive the man. He healed him of his disease. He has power to heal and power to forgive. He didn't just Forgive, he also healed. Matthew chapter 15, verse 36 to 38, there was an oversupply, overflowing supply of food again. They said, the Bible says in verse 37, they all ate and were filled, and they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets full. And they that did eat were 4,000 men besides women and children. There was not just enough to go around but seven full baskets left over he gave them more than enough all throughout scripture we read over and over again of god doing more than was than was expected he promises more than enough life for you and me john chapter 10 verse 10 that says the thief comes not but to steal to kill And to destroy. But I come that you might have life. And that you might have it more abundantly. Not just life. But abundant life. Not just knowing that you're saved. And you're going to heaven. But enjoying your life down here. Enjoying the fact that you're living a Christian life. In our text we're told that God is able to do. Exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Our duty is to believe and to have faith. Do you believe what God has written concerning you and your situation this morning? Do you believe it? Do you believe that God is actually able to heal your sick body, to forgive your sins, to help you in the situation, the habits that are are keeping you bound, release you from that? He's a God of excessive power, excessive grace, excessive peace. As Christian believers, we must learn how to walk in the excesses of God, how to walk in faith and obtain spiritual, supernatural blessings from God, blessings that exceed anything that we have ever experienced in our life. Webster defines excessive as that which goes far beyond the usual, to be extraordinary, exorbitant, extravagant, overabundant, and too much. Our God is the God of excess and abundance. Divine excess is never wrong. It's God's overflowing blessings and love upon us, his children. It's not like the human excesses of Eating, overeating, eating too much, damaging our health, spending too much, and doing things like drinking and, and taking drugs and all these things that lead to hurt and self-destruction. Do you believe that? Whether or not we get the exceedingly abundantly above all that God has to offer depends on our faith. Do you have faith? Can you believe God for the impossible? When Jesus ministered to two blind men, he touched their eyes. He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. You can have what you believe you can have by faith. If God promised it, it is for us. Someone has said little prayer, little power, little faith, little blessings. Remember, the engrafted word. We talked about that much this summer. It's one thing to know what the Bible says, to hear what the Bible says, but it's another thing to have it engrafted in your heart. Paul calls it the engrafted word of God the yes and amen of what God has promised for his children. God never intended for his children to live ordinary, meager lives with their needs barely met. He wants us to be filled with, to overflowing with his peace, saturated with his grace, consumed by his love and his presence. Second Corinthians 9, 8 says, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound to every good work. Whatever it is that you're dealing with today, you must believe without doubting that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. If you can do that, then you can have a miracle in your life. Now, there's a lot of things we can ask. We can ask a lot of questions. But I choose to believe God. And even if the time comes when I'm sick and everybody prays for me, and I die anyway, I'd like on my casket to be at this verse: My God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that dwelleth in us. I believe the Word of God. You could ask me 101 questions this morning, and I don't have an answer for. But I have this answer. God's word is true. It's true for me and it's true for you. You could have come in here this morning and never ever believed God in your life. Your opinion of Christianity could be that they're a bunch of no good scoundrels, hypocrites and I don't want anything to do with them. But somebody invited you to church this morning. And while I've been speaking, there's something that struck in your heart. It's like a light bulb came on. And you realize that this is true. And you begin to believe it. All of the time, all of the years that you've spent not believing God, can be forgiven in a second. And you can be a candidate for the blessings of God, healing for your body, deliverance from addictions, any number of things that you may have a need of this morning. God can meet that need. Do you have a need that is pressing a need that you don't see any way, shape, or form that it could ever be met. Why don't you just come right now? We'll pray. There's power in prayer. There's power in prayer. And if you can believe, we can agree, God says it will be done. Amen? Stand with me, will you? Oh, we've got lots of time this morning. If You have a need, why don't you come? Folks, it's not the man standing here. It's the man that's filling this building right now. His presence is all over this place. God has spoken to somebody's heart here this morning. Don't let fear keep you back. Don't let what somebody else will think keep you back. But if you need prayer, whether it's for salvation for your soul, you want to meet Jesus, you want to know him as your personal Savior, or you want healing in your body, direction in your life, restoration in your marriage, whatever it may be, God is able to do more than you think you need right now. Amen. Praise the Lord. We hope you have been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together